Do you talk with your animals? Do you know what they are trying to tell you? I've been communicating with animals since I was four years old, and what I have consistently witnessed is our animals want to be part of our everyday conversations and are extraordinary storytellers. Let me help you listen more deeply, a listening from the heart that opens all the doors to communication. What we learn from the animals helps us understand ourselves in a new way. On this episode, we take a look at animal messages and how our pets communicate with us. Animal messages can show up in a literal way like a sign, a billboard, a song, or they can show up in the smallest details of life, through a feather, pennies, a certain look in another animal's eyes. Together we practice intuitive listening, an essential technique that is the core to receiving the messages embedded in each moment. If you've ever wondered how to improve communication with animals and others, this episode will show you how. So let's get the conversation started. Hello, happy Wednesday to you, wherever you are in the world. Wherever you are, I'm so glad you're joining today because of course, it's always a special show and it's always the animals have gathered before us and they've all invited us into this wonderful space where we share it with one another and we create together. So we never know where the show's gonna go actually. I, I have an idea in my head, but I'm always um, open to guidance. Um, I'm willing to be guided. And that's a lot of what we're gonna be talking about today actually. Well, apparently you might, you must have gotten the message that we are doing a show on messages, on animal messages. And I just have to give you a hint, a little sneak peek into, it's not just about animal messages, it's about messages in general and how we actually receive them. Like what in the world is a message to begin with? Um, obviously it's a communication, it contains information, it's um, advice or it's a request. You know, we all have an understanding that what a message is and it usually has a, some kind of like a, a significant theme or topic um, that we all kind of hone in on. So the word message can, you know, carries a certain level of importance because if we receive a message, then it, it seems to me that we're listening more than we usually do. If you, you know, are in a day and you're like, oh, I want to hear a message. And especially from our animals when um, we, we feel like we can't communicate with them well or they don't speak our language. Um, so that's what we're going to like dial into today to understand so that you can understand more about how animals send messages. Uh, how do we send messages? And first of all, and most important, how do we receive them? You know, when you say you want a message, what is it you really mean? What are we saying we want? Um, what do we need to like hear or see or understand? You know, if the message we receive from our animals, I want to, I want you to think about this from a, for a minute. So if you've lived with your animal all your life or all of their lives, however long or short it is, is a message, this is the thoughtful question, is a message that you get after they pass more significant than any of the messages they shared with you when they were alive. And that's something to really think about because after they pass, of course, we're so hungry to receive something because we feel so cut off. And when I connected with Molly, who always is like giving me advice and tapping me on the shoulder to, 
give me Molly tips. You know, what she said was, Tammy, if you've been communicating with me from your heart all of my life, why do you think that's going to end? And I remember saying, oh, well, you're right. <laughs> it can't end because it's, it's, it's a live connection, always a live connection, which is what we're doing right here. It's a live connection, very live. We, like we said, we'll see where we go with this today. What I'd like to just point to is if you can sum up in the review of life after they're gone, because obviously, you know, when a life ends, then all we have left in the moment is really what we lived with them, what they meant to us, what we meant to them. And so that's why I always say that the, the time after they pass is so rich. It's like a rich, rich ground for like amazing information that comes through, amazing insights, amazing messages. And so I always look back and, you know, can I sum up what their life was? What did their life mean? You know, ultimately, we're all wanting to feel relevant, right? What was their life about when they were here? That's going to inform any messages they have for you as they continue on their vibrational journey with their new consciousness that is now an expanded version of where they were. But guess what? You are too. So if you can sum up like, and look at what their life meant, it brings you actually closer to them in an extremely intimate way. I always feel amazed when I can feel who they've been and the gifts they've given me. It just, that death is always a pause, right? It's always, we pause. It's a forced stop for all of us. And it's that beautiful space where we can reflect and kind of do a life review. But I want you to know that when you do that, you're going to be receiving messages that you may not have realized were even happening when they were here with you. And it's something that is very personal for you and that animal. The messages that I have gotten from mine may be different than maybe one of my kids or anybody that knows them. So same thing for you. So what you discover is that the all connection originates in the heart. It's the real original live connection. If you want to tap into that, it's one that's always evergreen. It can never go out. It's not a pilot light that it, it ever burns out. It is always there, which means you can always receive information by tapping into that space. And so anytime we do, uh, I don't know, work on ourselves or we try to expand our senses, whether we're working on you know, how we see, feel, hear, uh, how we intuit the world, that opens up actually other senses as well. It, 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 it opens the door and it paves the way um, to what we are, what, well, really potential. So what are the way the messages come? Uh, you know, I've always said we look for messages in very literal ways. Like, what does my animal have to say to me? Um, and I always know that, you know, the messages come in such a variety of ways. It, it's, it, it can be a writing on a wall. Sure, Katie gave me the mirror message. That's very literal and, and, and amazing in itself. But they're all actually miraculous, no matter how insignificant the detail is um, for the, the, whatever message, whether it's a, a feather or if you think, oh, that was just a ladybug, it was no big deal. 
let's work, let's all work on really receiving the messages that we are able to hear. Because if we don't receive them, then they just kind of float right by. So I'm going to walk you through an exercise a little later that's going to sharpen your senses so that you can receive messages. So again, animal messages can show up as a sign, a billboard, through writing. They show up in life's experiences. That's especially especially true of how they come through as a message. It's just amazing. Um, and they can often show up in the very smallest of details, um, in pennies. Um, it can be, you'll see another animal and the look in the eyes will be, it'll just captivate you. It'll just stop um, and stop you cold. And so pay attention to those songs that come through or, you know, and I know all of you are probably having, if you have, you know, been with me on any of the shows, uh, we're always working on sharpening our senses. Are we not all of us every day? You know, don't you know, the guides and the animals are like really trying (laughs) to get through to us. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're opening our senses to that messages are embedded in every moment of every day. So this is a really important point. I want you to just take in if you can. If we want to be really awake in our own lives, we have to pay attention to moments because that's where potential lives. Messages are embedded in every moment. If we surrender to every moment, meaning how present are you actually, then we let go of preconceived ideas that block messages. Especially when, and I tell people all the time, I can, I'd have a lifetime of receiving messages um, because of of my my growing up and how I interfaced with the world. But I, so I didn't have any preconceived idea that I could or could not. I just was present to whatever was coming in. And it allowed me to feel actually incredibly intimate, connect, intimately connected with life, you know, whether it was a tree or a crawfish or, you know, a, a flying squirrel. I just, you know, I interacted, there was a whole world to interact with that I, I'm not sure the adults knew was there. So again, really important, important point to be present to be present to your own life, which is if you, it's the most rewarding thing ever, because isn't that what we all, all want to know what is important in, in our lives as well. So we're going to jump into deep water a little bit. I hope you can stay with me. I hope you will stay with me. Um, it's really just a deeper point of intuitive listening. And this is actually a foundational way that you receive any kind of message from one who's right living with you or one in spirit this intuitive listening starts with inner stillness it's like the witness that's watching you live your life the part of you that's always aware it's opens the it it inner stillness opens the window to perspective and perspective is the movement born from that space. So as I talk, pay attention to the spaces in between my words and from sentence to sentence, because that's the potential and the stillness that's always there with you. That's the 
the watcher, the observer, the very, very aware part of you. Um, I always knew that. I don't know how I knew that. I remember being distinctly aware of that part of me when I was four. Um, I didn't have a name for it. I just could feel this complete awareness inside of me. No matter what chaos was going on around me, I would check actually to see if it was still there. And it was always there. Um, you can you can try to catch it off guard, but it's always there, that stillness piece. And so if you make stillness base camp, all kinds of information, messages can come that help you navigate through life. It literally is what Eckhart talks about, the presence. That's exactly what he's talking about and that we all have and that we all, you know, at various times in our lives may have ignored but you can't catch it off guard. I would, I would, I'd give you a challenge to check during the day to see if you can identify that space in you, because that is actually where we get the messages. And it's also where we can share and internally uh, expand that ability that we all have. And I have a wonderful story I want to share with you. It is from uh, a dear friend and client uh, who loved a, a dog she had more than, than it, it, Hugo was everything to her, everything. And I helped her through Hugo's passing. And since then, Hugo has come to her in so many ways. And I love it because when it happens, she'll email me and she'll say, this just is amazing. So I want to share that with you so that you can start to see, <clears throat> yes, they can come in actual words, but they, they come in life's experiences after they pass. And so it's so important to be aware of that. And again, that internal stillness is what opens up the space. So this is one. It's a little short one. She said, Tammy, out of the blue, a friend called yesterday, a former college sweetmate with an invitation to see Jersey Boys. I said yes last minute and the production was great. My first time to see Jersey Boys. Hugo and I had our song, I Love You Baby. I used to sing it to him on our walks. And since his passing, when I think of him, I sing it and dance in the kitchen. After a good meditation the next morning, when I get in the car, sometimes I Love You Baby will be playing on the radio. I had no idea it was by Frankie Valley, and it was the key song of the Jersey Boys production. Now, when I read this to you, um, it, I get chills. And just recently, at the beginning of August, she sent this to me. She said, Tammy, it's taken forever to send this little story about Hugo. I had done an astral meditation one night, and the next thing I'm sorry, it's ancestral meditation one night. And the next did the first group meditation. That morning I went for Hugo's walk as, always, as I did always, but I had my cell phone with me expecting a call. Normally I didn't take it. Walking through the neighborhood along our pathway, suddenly the GPS started guiding me from my pocket, instructing to the UT Music School. Go to Dancy Street and turn left. Dancy Street was the new street that Hugo took me down for the first time on the morning of the day he died. And he was my little dancer. He danced always standing on his little hind legs. It was exactly the path he took me that last day in November. We walked down the side street to Dancy Street and turned left. Hugo leading the way with total joy. 
I had not been searching the GPS map for the UT Music School or anything. So it was fantastical that, you, that the GPS would pop up suddenly giving directions. And as I looked down, taking the phone out of my pocket, a photo of Hugo lit up the screen with him holding his favorite toy and smiling. I followed the GPS and walked to Dancy Street and turned left, taking Hugh, talking with Hugo as if he was by my side all the way. Isn't that an amazing example of how they all share with us after they've passed, but it's in our current lives. And so this is what I mean by Shiwa had an inner stillness. She had that quiet space. She had what I would call an no mind space that allowed for her to be guided. You know, I always ask, and I've heard Sonia Choquette, you know, how guidable are you? And a lot of times we have our heads, you know, this is what we're looking for. We dictate how information is supposed to come when if we would just receive and be in that receptive mode, uh, Esther Hicks, Abraham would call it the allowing mode. Um, then that's what they mean. The receiving of the information is just for us. That was Hugo's. I mean, you want to talk about a direct communication. That was it. So the next part of the show um, we're going to get a feel of what it's like to listen intuitively. You know, what we're going to create is a no mind space. So you ask, what's a no mind space? It, well, it's, it's a quick way into um, the space that actually, as I said, potential lives. So what do I do? You know, what, what, what I recommend you do, how do you create it? Well, I go vacuum, um, wash the dishes. Um, go shovel a mulch pile. That's a favorite from when my kids were little and they would argue and we would always have a mulch pile and they would have to go shovel it and they, they couldn't argue anymore because they were having to be so present. And actually the uh, presence just overcame them. So it was like perfect. Um, play fetch with your dog, pet your cat and tune into the purr. In other words, do something completely ordinary, something that doesn't require your mind to think about, uh, something that's routine and, and actually kind of boring. Um, you give your mind a task, which is uh, be in this space, do this, you know, your body is going to be doing the mulch pile. Um, you know, have any of you noticed this space in yourself when you've, you're doing something that is not requiring uh, you to think? I call it extreme awareness, and it's something that can be practiced. So, number one, are you in the room with me? Be still. Drop your shoulders and come into the room wherever you are fully with all your senses. Not hard to do, except when we're trying to race from one thing to another. But we've got this space, so let's use it. Number two. Take a look at the space you're in, literally. Do a quick inventory. If you're inside, what's in the room? If you're outside, what do you see? You know, I look and I'm like, this is how literal I want you to do this. There's a lamp, there's a computer, there's a picture of Murphy, there's a blue wall, there's a printer. If I look up, I see ceiling fan, if I look out that way, I see the outside, I see windows, I see framework. Our seeing eyes take in a lot of information at once without realizing that we do a tremendous amount. So for you, what would that be? 
So the next one would be, what do you hear? Air conditioner running, <clears throat> clock in the room, noises outside. What's the energy of the room? We're taking a little step deeper. What's the energy of the space you're in? Are there animals in the room? What's the, their energy? What's it outside if you're outside? Is it peaceful, busy, tense, spacious, crowded? And then the next one would be, what do you notice about your own energy? Is it open right now, guarded, eager, irritated, focused, tense? I would always say, what's your emotional temperature right now? What is it you're noticing at the moment? Feel underneath the surface layers directly to the essence of whatever you're noticing. You're like, what? <laughs> it could be words in a conversation, an environment, a person or animal, or even a memory that you're paying attention to. This, this awareness teaches us to be sharply aware of the meanings and the nuances in. So I would ask, what station are you tuned into? Intuitive listening is more of a receptive listening. If we interface in the world this way, we create a channel from the most subtle messages to come through, very personal to you even. If you want to tune into a station that's broadcasting all the time, this is it. This is it. This is very, uh, it's helpful for life. It's like practical intuition that, that opens doors for anything. So if you you practice this every day. If you practice this in your uh, space with the outside world, with you listening to voices and you're going underneath, you're opening yourself up to the magical world of messages. We are so full on time and out of time, but we're never, ever done with the conversation. We always are going to do another one and it's already coming in. Thank you for joining me. As always, let's keep the conversation going. See you next time. You've been listening to Tammy Soul Speak for Animals podcast. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tammy Soul Speak for Animals, and like my Facebook page, Soul Speak with Tammy Hendricks. And if you want a private session, please visit my website at tammyhendricks.com. Thank you for joining me as we change the way we communicate with animals and each other, one conversation at a time.